Good morning, everyone. Good morning. As that song was saying, I surrender my heart. I pray that that is the prayer of everyone of of us on the line this morning. I want to welcome everyone to our call this Thursday morning. It's a joy and it's a privilege to have this time together once again to greet a new day and to say good morning, Heavenly Father, good morning, Lord Jesus, and good morning, Holy Spirit. We welcome your presence this morning. This is Heather Dawson once again, and I have with me Minister Randall Gorey. He will be bringing the devotion this morning. Minister Randall, how are you this morning? I'm doing well, Mother Heather. Good morning to you. Thank you. It is a good morning. And we have Sister Charlene Williams, and she'll be praying for the prayer requests. And let me say good morning to her also. How are you, Charlene? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. And I believe that we have Bishop and Pastor Adrian on the line with us also. How are you this morning, Bishop? Top of the morning to you all. We are doing excellent. God bless you all, and it's always good to be with you. Amen. 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 It is good to be together. Praise the Lord. You know, a couple of days ago, um, I shared with some intercessors in our congregation a conversation that took place excuse me, which you can find on YouTube. And it was between two pastors, Pastor Stephen Furtick and Pastor John Gray at Elevation Church. It was candid and open regarding the pain of injustice and racism that is very evident today. It's not only in our nation, but within the church. Emotions are raw and they're real. God hates injustice, and this offense should cause every one of us, no matter what the color of our skin is, black, white, brown, to fall on our face seeking God, saying, show me not what is in my brother or sister, but what is in my heart. That song this morning was so appropriate. I surrender. I surrender my heart. It is way past time for the church to address and have candid conversations. We must rise up and be the voice and do what is required, no matter what, no matter the cost. We, the church, we're the change agents. If the church doesn't get it right, then how can we expect our nation to get it right? God cannot and will not heal our land. We say that we love, but we love from a distance. As was expressed in that conversation between these two pastors, one black and one white, it is time to lay down our color and pick up the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. I'm grateful to these intercessors who bear their heart and those with Uh, Those were some of their emotions and their thoughts that they shared with me. So let us pray this morning. 
Father, we need you as never before. Chaos is everywhere. Hell is speaking, but we, the church, put a silence to the voice of the enemy. We take our position of authority, and we declare the kingdom of God is here. We need our hearts right and to align with yours. The heart of this nation is being exposed, and you are saying to us as the church, repent, repent before me. Turn from your wrong ways and seek the ancient paths that will lead to victory. Father, we need you. We need you, and we want to get it right. We want to honor you first and foremost, and we want to honor each other, Father. For we are all created in your image. We are beautiful in your sight. Help us, Father. Help us to know and to do what we are asked by you, Father. Now, Father, I ask that you bless this time, this word, as Minister Randall comes and bless him, Father. He is the deliverer of your word this morning, and may we all receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Minister Amen. Randall. Thank you so much, Mother Heather. Um, good morning, uh, Bishop Smith and Pastor Adrian. I want to acknowledge all of the bishops and pastors, uh, elders and ministers and clergy that are on the line this morning. I want to send a shout-out and love to my new Destiny family and all the other churches that are on the line this morning. This morning's devotion is coming out of uh, two passages of Scripture, uh, the first being James uh, chapter 3 and verse 8, and then we'll look into Proverbs 18 and 21. The devotion is centered around your words having the boomerang effect. And the boomerang is a thrown tool, typically constructed as a flat foil, that is designed to spin about an axis perpendicular to the direction of its flight. Now, I'm not a, a an arrow. Uh, sciences, but I kind of get that and have seen this particular tool before. So as it's being thrown, it's going to find its way back to you. So this is helping us to get a sense of how our words work. So the passage of Scripture, uh, Proverbs 18 and 21 out of the Passion Translation reads, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. James chapter 3 and verse 8 out of the Passion Translation says, But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a frickle, unrestrained evil that spews out words full of toxic poison. Now, the tongue is mentioned well over a 100 times in the Bible. So we should take or start taking great care of our words. But while studying this passage of Scripture, I I didn't find a resume for James that he had any experience as an oral surgeon or dentist, someone who knows the mouth well enough to expound on it in such detail. 
but some way, somehow, by divine revelation, James is that person. So he knows enough about the tongue to tell us in this word this morning, if you have one, you're going to have problems if you don't have them already. Now, when we think of our mouths, we go to extremes to, as many of us have this morning, to brush our teeth, to uh, brush our gums and the roof of our mouth and, and even our tongue. To top things off, we'll even rinse out our mouths with water and or mouthwash for complete oral treatment of care and freshness in order to be prepared for the conversations that are coming our way. But you'll be surprised to know that the mouth can still be toxic after all that care, excuse me, due to the tongue. So what James is really discussing in this passage of Scripture is really focusing our attention on talking. Now, we like to communicate. It's something we all like to do, whether it's by phone, by text, Instagram, Twitter, or most people's favorite, Facebook. We've gotten away from face-to-face conversations, real in-person conversations, something we used to enjoy, and, and now we have to use face masks just to be able to stand in front of each other's presence. But James is emphasizing that faith and works go together. Because in the second chapter, verse 17, he also reminds us that faith without works is dead. But I love that James is specifically making known that what one does or says proves what they really believe in their heart. Because those of us who trust God, who really have faith in him, begin to experience a change in our speech as well. Remember the saying, I do I don't do what I used to do anymore, and I don't say what I used to say anymore. A change has come over me. That's what happens when we trust and believe in God for a complete change. We no longer behave the same way. We no longer use speech the same way. But yet, we still stumble. Everyone does. It's the boomerang effect. What goes out positive comes back positive. What goes out negative, it comes back negative. So at some point in our lives, if we can all be honest this morning, we've experienced an untamable tongue, a tongue that is capable of great destruction. The words we allowed to come out of our mouths without thinking about it first Yes, we've we've said those things before. We regret them, and we wish we could take them back, but we can't. The damage has already been done. We've said what we didn't want to say. We hurt someone's feelings. We didn't want to hurt. We didn't mean to hurt them. And then we regret it and wish we could take it back. James calls it a fire and a relentless evil that is its, that in itself set on fire by hell a relentless evil 
that is itself set on fire by hell. Help us, Lord. We need to be changed from the inside out. It's a heart condition that begins first that allows us to be able to have compassion for other people, to be able to speak in a way that happens to exemplify that passion. It should never be that we praise God and then curse the people made in his image. And those people are the rioters we've been experiencing in our our country, the protesters, probably even our own president, Donald Trump. But because of our fallen nature, we do just that. I love that James leaves little room for comforting ourselves in the scripture. Because even when we use our words for good purposes, we still might use them for harm in the next moment. James 1 and 19 in the New Living Translation reads, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. This will help us to some degree have control over our tongue, but the tongue is so uncontrollable, so powerful, evil, and hurtful. It's no wonder we talk at all. My mother would always tell me growing up that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. In other words, don't let come out of your mouth what isn't going to make someone else feel better. If you can't do that, then you shouldn't be saying anything at all. The reverse of that is hurting someone's feelings, saying something that will tear them down, that will break them down, and have them feeling much different than who they really are. Because the boomerang effect is true. It's coming back to you at some point. What you say is going to come back. James 3 and 10 says, Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. So we have to be very careful about how we use our words because of the power that our words have. Proverbs 12 in verse 18 reads that thoughtless speech is like the stabs of a sword. The tongue of the wise is healing. Thoughtless speech is like the stabs of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is healing. Wow. Luke 6 and 45 also says, Out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth speaks. So we really have to be careful with how we use our words. We want not thoughtless speech to stab the person whom we're talking with because the tongue of the wise is healing. Why not bring healing to someone who is hurting? Out of the abundance of the heart, what's in your heart, you believe that. So then out of your mouth, you'll speak what you believe. Wow. So we have to know that our words have the power to give life, and they have the power to give death. 
It's not so much how we take care of our mouths. It's how much we care about what comes out of our mouths. As we found out earlier in the scripture, James is making known that we have an untamable tongue that speaks almost uncontrollably, and things come out way before we're able to really know what we're saying. So being slow to speak is going to be a powerful way that we use our words. And in Proverbs 18 and 21, this passage of Scripture really allows us to really get a better sense of how the power of life and death comes from our tongue. The first piece of this scripture that uh, really makes a lot of sense is that uh, the tongue as a muscle has its power measured by the damage that it can do and by the life that it can bring. So it's a it's a powerful muscle within our mouths that's that's shielded by our teeth and by our, our, our lips. It's got two doors, if I can say that, so that it doesn't just do what it wants to do and say what it wants to say when it feels like doing that. But the tongue is a muscle that has power measured by the damage that it can do and then by the life that it can bring. That's why we have to be ever so careful always about how we use our words. The second part to that would be, has the tongue has the power of life and death. Words themselves are powerful. Just being able to say hello, good morning, how are you, can lift a person's spirit to the very highest level. But also telling someone how we don't feel, how we don't, what we don't feel about them or how we have a problem with them could bring a person down and have their heart uh, saddened by the uh, words that have been chosen to not lift them and to build them. But as image bearers, Christians have the power in their words to bless someone, giving them life, or they can curse someone by bringing them death. Be careful what you say, and be careful how you say it. And the third part to the scripture is that those who love it will eat its fruit. So if you love good speech, that's going to be good fruit. You're going to use your words to lift up and to edify. It's good to eat. If you love to talk by blessing and edifying others, it's good fruit that we're eating. But then on the other side, if you love tearing down people, and there are some of those out there, if you love using words that are gossip, words that tear down, words that are, are, are not speaking uh, good into someone, you're actually eating bitter fruit. And I have a hard time understanding how someone can, can enjoy eating bitter fruit, but after you have used such words for so long, words can become bitter, and you'll be used to eating bitter, and it won't be, you won't be able to tell the difference between bitter and sweet. So, Father, we thank you this morning for your word on 
how to use our words. I pray that, Father, everyone who has had any difficulty using words of edification, of life, will begin to use words that will lift up and will build their brother and their sister. We need this in this day and time in the nation and in the world that we live in. So help us to be slow to speak, quick to listen, but slow to speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Minister Randall. That was a wonderful devotion. And, you know, um, you said so much, and I pray that everyone on the line received what was spoken because life or death is in the power of the tongue. I always used to tell my children when they were growing up, there are two ways to say something, and it is by the tone, the inflection of your voice. You can temper it with love, or you can say it harshly. And then I would say, and I suggest you use it with love. I love how you spoke about the boomerang, because what you say will come back around to you. So if you speak well, then goodness will come back to you. But if you put evil out, evil will come back. So God bless you, uh, Minister Randall, for that word this morning. And we receive it in Jesus' name. At this time, I'm going to ask Sister Charlene if she will come and pray this morning. Sister Charlene. Good morning. Yes, that was a wonderful word this morning. And we have one prayer request uh, coming from our brother Paul Walker. And this morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, we are coming into agreement with brother Paul Walker for the healing of his mother, Miss Coretta Walker, who has contracted some type of irritation to her eyes. Lord, according to your word, in Matthew 18 and 19, that if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Father, we thank you right now, for we are decreeing she be healed because Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, took our infirmities and bore our sickness and by his stripes we were healed according to Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. Father, we declare when she goes to the eye doctors to have her eyes examined of this irritation that the doctor's report will not find any irritation of any kind to her eyes in the name of Jesus. But, Father, just as you went about healing many that were sick 
in the book of Matthew, and when you came to the house of the blind man, you came, and he asked you, ask if they would believe that you were able to do what they was asking. They was asking to have mercy on us. And you ask, are you able to believe that I am able to do this? And, Father, we believe that you are able to heal all manner of sickness, all manner of irritation of the eyes. And you touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you. And, Father, we declare we declare by faith this morning that it shall be done and that it's already being done, Father, according to your word in the mighty name of Jesus. In all manner of sickness that may be in her body, not just her eyes, but all her whole body, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And we declare, Father, and agree with her, with Brother uh, Walker, that her visual, he is requesting that she be visual at all times. And we pray this as well. And we pray that this prayer request shall be a praise report in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. 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 You just said what I was going to say, Sister Charlene, that this prayer request will become a praise report because victory belongs to her. Healing belongs to her. So we look forward to hearing the praise report that shall follow. Praise God. Well, Minister Randall, have you got any further thoughts this morning on the tongue? Uh, yes, Mother. Just uh, wanted to just say that um, just as deeds reveal our faith, our words reveal our hearts. We can't tame our tongues on our own because we can't change our sinful nature on our own. So I would just want to remind everyone that Let's ask God, who's an expert at washing and cleansing, to wash our mouths and to cleanse our tongues so that we speak life with the fruit of our lips when we open our mouths. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for those final thoughts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bishop, uh, do you have anything you would like to share this morning? Well, we bless the Lord for this morning and the devotion. We thank God for thank God for that. And, you know, I think where we are today, and it's vitally important that we do use our words carefully. Words are very powerful. We go through words. The word, the world was framed. Words are like seeds, as I said last night in the Bible study. Everything begins with a word. Uh, God spoke the world into existence with a word. Words cause wars. And words bring peace. Stop wars. Words. As uh, it's so wonderfully penned in Proverbs, death and life is in the power of the tongue. That's something. It's like a two-edged sword. Scripture also says that. And so it says, 
and they who indulge in it shall eat its fruit of it, death or life. So you got to understand, eat its fruit, your words produce something, produce something. Our words produce something. And we have the choice on what our words will produce. Either our words are producing life or they're producing death based on what we are allowing to actually come from our heart. I said, out of the buns of heart, the mouth speaketh. So whatever's in your heart going to come out your mouth. It's going to find its way out your mouth. So that's why it's so, it's so important to, number one, be born again. Then, number two, allow the attributes of God to be manifested in you, the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit to be manifested in you. Then you will not be ill-willed towards people. It's not good. For people to be ill will towards people, especially, I mean, period, but especially where we are today because it's so in our faith, in our face, because of what is going on in our nation and around the world and, and how fast information travels because of the Internet. And so use your words to create life. If you can imagine that words are a seed, you have the opportunity to plant a garden. What would your garden look like? Words are seeds. You have an opportunity to plant a garden. And what you plant through your words is actually going to produce. It's going it's to bear the fruit. That land is going to bear the fruit of those words. What is it going to look like? I'm going to leave you with that. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Yes, we have to choose our words wisely because our wise, I mean, our, our words can either hurt or they can build up. And I pray that we think about our words before we speak, that we don't speak too quickly. Because sometimes when we do that is where judgment comes in. And the Bible tells us, judge not, lest ye be judged. You don't know what's in the heart of another person until they speak. But we're not to come at them in the same way we're to come at them with words of love to win that brother or sister. Hallelujah. So we thank the Lord for the time that we've had together this morning. It has been rich and good. And I know that as you go throughout your day today, that you will think about your words and what you are saying. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that word today. And, Father, we thank you that our tongue, Father, needs to be controlled. And it comes in by knowing your word and not speaking to situations, oh God, that we know nothing about. 
but you've called us to be your church, to rise up and to position and to use our authority to speak and to declare into every situation, Lord. Truth and justice, excuse me, is in the church. Truth and justice needs to be found in the church so that the church can declare Amos 5, 24. But let justice run down like water and righteousness as a mighty and ever-flowing stream. I pray that you've taken on that Amos 5.24 challenge. And I've even heard that scripture verse mentioned on the news at the funeral. Hallelujah. James 5.24, let justice run down. Father, we honor you today. We give you the praise. We give you the glory that is due unto you. Keep us, Father, for we desire to be kept by you. Show us our heart, Lord, and show us where we need to change. Show us also, Father, that our words are so important and we need to be careful how we speak to one another. So, Father, bless your people today. May this be a day of victory as they go forth. Protect them and cover each and every one in the blood of Jesus. And that no harm or danger shall come nigh unto each of you. And we give you the glory. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Let's just have a time of praising the Lord. Sister Kathy, if you'll open the line, please. 